You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon, and it's another beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest. And you're listening to the Bose Nose Show, and I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. And we've got another edition of the Bose Nose Show here, and it's our post-Christmas show, and I am live here. I am not a guest host. Uh, unlike all the other talk shows that have scrubstitutes this week, uh, we are live with your main host here because you're never not a county commissioner, <laughs> which I've explained to people. Being a county commissioner is an interesting job. You're, you're, you're kind of at that level of government where people sort of recognize you because you get on TV a fair amount. And uh, but you're local enough that you're and, you know, you're not separated from the people like in Washington, D.C. or in Salem or something like that. You're living in your community and working in a community. So you, you go to the grocery store at, at you know, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You better be prepared to be stopped by somebody and asked about the neighbors barking dogs and what I can do about it to help them. So you're never not a commissioner. That's why we don't take the week off between Christmas and New Year's because we're always working for you here in Lane County. But there's all sorts of things going on this week. And I just, you know, I hope everybody had a great Christmas or Hanukkah a little bit earlier this month or whatever you celebrate. Uh, you know, Festivus, you know, a few days back. Uh, you know, I hope everybody, you know, gripped their metal pole and aired their grievances. And uh, just hope everybody had a wonderful, you know, set of holidays. Getting ready to have New Year's here. You know, people are going to start doing resolutions and stuff like that. So the Bose Nose Show today, I am going to do my gift to folks, which I think also sort of wraps into New Year's resolutions a little bit. So it's going to be a little bit different show today. But I'm always willing to stop and talk about whatever anyone wants to call in and talk about. You can change the subject to the show with a phone call. Just call me at 646-721-9887. Just press 1. And that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the show. Again, that's 646-721-9887. Just press 1. You know, we it was a lot to talk about last week, you know, courthouses and camping and all that stuff. There's been some back and forth on Facebook in between the show here about jail releases and, and why people seem to cycle out of the jail quickly because not all releases mean somebody's done with our system and kind of had spent some time this week explaining to folks that a lot of releases are based on pretrial um, where they go through pretrial services and are released based on their risk to the community and whether they'll come back for trial or not. 
And a lot of times those are conditioned with, you know, travel limitations. Sometimes the folks end up with a, a ankle bracelet, GPS ankle bracelet. Um, almost all of them have to post some kind of bail um, to get out. And uh, they usually get out with a court date where they come back and they're still not done with the system. So um, having some of that information about when somebody enters the jail, bookends, and then gets released doesn't mean they're necessarily done with the system. Um, but we don't want to talk about that today. We're going to talk about something that I think sounds controversial on the surface, truly is not, If you, when we get down to the details of it. And that is that selfishness is a virtue. And everyone goes, oh, you, you're, supposed, you're not supposed to be selfish. You know, they teach you that in kindergarten. Don't be selfish and all that stuff. It's, no, no, actually, it's an important aspect of being human and functioning and, and, and being well-rounded psychologically to, to be selfish. And I'm going to explain that. And I wrote this for my wife over 20 years ago when she was going through some hard times, when people were making lots of demands on her, there were folks in her workplace that were, that were causing her some issues, and she was really kind of struggling. So I wrote this piece up called Selfishness is a Virtue. And I want to just read it straight through real quick, and then we're going to go back, and I'm going to talk about why I say each one of these pieces. And I believe that Robin has managed to, to get it somewhere on our Facebook or, or web page. If not, you can always email me here at, at KRBN uh, at talk at krbnradio.net. And uh, I'll, I'll email you a copy back because I've got it as a Word document. I can also put it out as a PDF document if folks don't have Word. Um, pretty easy to read. But selfishness is a virtue. I live my life for me. To live it for another is to enslave myself. I keep myself healthy so that I may enjoy that which is important to me in life. No one else can do this for me. I recognize that I am the only person responsible for my happiness. To make others responsible for my happiness is to give power over my life to those people. I do not owe anyone anything, just as others do not owe me anything. Respect, trust, and love are earned and must be given freely to have meaning. I work for my own prosperity and independence so that I may choose to help others after I have achieved prosperity and independence for myself. No other person has claim on my time or the fruits of my labor. I do not claim them from others, for it is theft if they are not given freely or in mutual exchange. I recognize I must be selfish to accomplish happiness. Through my happiness, I can then help others to be happy in their lives but not until I am happy. So that's my selfishness is a virtue. It's my gift to everyone out there. If you really listen to it and think about it and try and live under those guidelines, you'll be a happier person and you'll actually make others around you happier. 
if you're just selfish first. So I want to roll back through those and, and go into them a little bit more detail because they're, they're pretty quick bullet points and you have to think about them a little bit. You know, the first line out of that is, I live my life for me. To live it for another is to enslave myself. Now, think about that carefully. Basically, that's saying, I am not going to live my life, you know, to, for the benefit of somebody else or be, you know, to, to, to do, to be here on this earth purely for somebody else's benefit. You're on this earth for you. Guys, if you, you're on this earth, say, you know, to, you know, for the sole benefit of your, your brother, your sister, your friend, your spouse, your husband, your mother, your father, you're, you're enslaving yourself to those people. If you're living solely for them, you have to live for yourself first. I live my life for me. It's a pretty powerful statement. Because if you live it for anyone else, you're basically saying, I'm going to be a slave for my life for that person. I keep myself healthy so that I may enjoy which is important to me in life. No one else can do this for me. And, you know, the first thing people think of when they hear that phrase is, oh, what are doctors for, nurses and, and, and you know, healthcare in general? Now, really, there is a lot of health that has to be done by self. Doctors and nurses can't brush your teeth. They can't control what you put in your mouth in the way of food, or whether you drink enough water during the day, whether you get enough sleep. All those things are things that only you really have control over, or at least can try to have control over. And it's so important to be healthy because it's, you know, as, as anyone can tell you, when, when you're not healthy, like if you have a cold or you're sick or something like that, or, you know, maybe having an allergic reaction to interaction of a couple of the drugs you're on, um, yeah, that, anything that's affecting your health truly makes it hard to be happy in life and, and enjoy life. So being responsible and selfish about your health and taking care of yourself allows you to enjoy life and ultimately allows you to be selfless later on. If you're not healthy, it's pretty hard to, to be selfless. If you're sick, if you're, you know, having difficult difficulties, really hard to be selfless. So you have to be self selfish first. Take care of yourself. I recognize that I'm the only person responsible for my happiness. That is probably, if I if I had to pick one thing out of this, is a key thing that people struggle with mightily. Oh, how hard it is not to get down 
on yourself because you know people might not think well of you or what other people think of you is important to you so you're happy you know whether it's you know your ever critical mother or something like that that you've been trying to get her approval of your entire life or if it's you know the folks at work that you know might ridicule you for the way you dress or whatever it is you know you're allowing them to be in control of your happiness with their opinions you really have to not allow their opinions to be why you're happy you have to be responsible for whether you're happy or not i mean if you and the second part of that line is to make others responsible for my happiness is to give them power over my life that's kind of the converse if you're constantly seeking approval constantly trying to get that approval from folks or constantly trying to fit in and constantly worried about what other people think you're giving all those other people power over you Whatever they think of you now matters to whether you're happy or not. You're handing a lot of power to those people. Don't give away your power. Keep it in yourself. Decide that you're the person responsible for making sure you're happy. It's a truly freeing concept. Think about just, you know, that, that, one thing, if you if you weren't worried about what other people thought about you, not that you're careless about your outward appearances or what you do in life and all that, but if if that reaction, whatever came back, whether it's a Facebook comment or you know something overheard at work about what people think about you, if you weren't so worried about that and could live just you know making you know being happy in yourself, you'd be surprised how well other people will think of you. It's kind of, you know, this converse thing, but as soon as you stop worrying about what other people think about you, suddenly you'll, you'll find there's a lot more acceptance and, and, and people will think more well of you because you, you tend to constantly be censoring yourself and thinking in your head about how, the, how you're going to come off and, you know, you either come off as awkward or you come off as trying too hard or, you know, all sorts of things that, that are off-putting to people. As soon as you kind of can grasp that I'm responsible for my happiness and I'm not going to let others be responsible for my happiness, it's a very freeing concept and will actually help people to like you. Particularly if you take responsibility for your happiness and become happy, wow, what a, you know, what a shining personality you'll have to out outwardly for people. I do not owe anyone anything. And I'm not talking about, yes, I've got a mortgage. I owe the bank, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's that, not that kind of owe. I don't owe anyone anything just as others don't owe me anything and in particular talking about things like respect trust love friendship you know all those you know favors you name it 
You don't owe people those things. They don't owe you that. You have to earn those over time. And you have to give them freely because people have earned them. You know, to really, you know, have meaning for you. It shouldn't be, you know, that you give somebody your friendship because they're doing something for you. You know, there shouldn't be, you know, some quid pro quo. You should be friends with that person because there's somebody that you like and 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 you want to be friends with them and there's no you're not expecting anything in return. You know, that that's, you know, really um, that whole concept of, of kind of, you know, folks don't owe you things also kind of prevents you from thinking that you're entitled to something. So it's kind of a, you know, if it's a selfish feeling, you know, to concept to, I don't owe anyone anything, but the converse has to be true. Others don't owe, you know, everyone else, you know, can't be owing me either if you believe that. So it sounds, you know, it's selfish, but in some ways it's actually very freeing and selfless because at the same time, you're not expecting people to give you something uh, unless they're giving it to you freely. So I worked for my own prosperity and independence so that I may choose to help others after I've achieved prosperity and independence for myself. That is a huge concept and something that is so important because I've seen people get wrapped up in this. They want to be so selfless that they haven't taken care of themselves, whether it's back up to being healthy or not, and worrying about whether they're, you know, okay before they start taking care of other people in that they end up, you know, uh, you know, sometimes destitute or having other issues and then they can't help anybody. So if you're not selfish enough to understand that you have to kind of take care of your own prosperity and independence, and then you can choose from that, that position of independence to help other people, you know, and, and help them achieve that independence, you know, where it's your choice. It's a very much more important thing, but you know, you have to, you can't be selfless until you've been selfish enough to take care of yourself. And that's really part of what that's all about is you have to, you have to work for yourself. Gets back to something, you know, that, you know, who's responsible for your happiness, but it also gets back to, to living your life for me. Yes. You know, part of that living your life for me is you have to be responsible for your own prosperity and independence. No other person has a claim on my time or the fruits of my labor. Kind of this, you know, gets up to that, you know, owing people or they don't owe you anything. Um, people can't place claim on, on you. And you, don't, you can't claim it from others. I do not claim them from others. For it is theft if they are not given freely or in mutual exchange. Now that's such a basic concept in civil society that, you know, whatever you've taken the time to create and, and whatever uh, wealth you've achieved from exchanging that, that 
that create creativity. Um, people can't take that from you. It, you know, because that's theft. It's got one of the most basic things. And that theft really is the theft of your time and your labor. And when you really get down to it, if you're taking from somebody and you're not getting it freely or in mutual exchange, you're actually enslaving that person for the time it took to either earn that amount of money or, or create whatever it is that you took. Knowing that we, we want to you know, not enslave ourselves to others, which is you know, that first line is to, to, to live for another is to enslave oneself. You can't let anyone have a claim on your time or the fruits of your labor for the same reason because you're enslaving yourself to that person for whatever time it took to create or, or gain that, that, that wealth, i.e. the fruits of your labor. And you don't claim it from other people because you understand that it's important that you not enslave others because they need to live their lives for themselves. So no other person has a claim on your time or the fruits of your labor because you won't claim them from others unless it's given freely or in mutual exchange. I recognize that I must be selfish to achieve happiness. This is kind of wrapping up the whole thing. Because if you follow those items that came beforehand, you'll find through that selfish attitudes in, in some of those, you know, living your life for yourself, keeping yourself happy, being responsible for your own happiness, not owing people anything, looking after your own prosperity, not allowing people to have a claim on your time. You'll end up happy. And then once you're happy, you can help others to be happy in their lives. But it's really difficult to help somebody else be happy if you're unhappy. How hard is it for somebody that is truly unhappy to cheer somebody up? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. So selfishness is a virtue, is my gift to my listeners in this Christmas week. It's also my charge to you as a possible set of resolutions for the new year. If you can follow these, you will be a happier person. And those around you will be happier because you won't be placing claims on them as you don't expect them to place claims on you. You'll be responsible for your own happiness and you'll expect other people to be responsible for their own happiness. It's just a freeing concept. Although it sounds kind of sideways and a little bit odd that selfishness can be a good thing, but it is actually an important survival trait of the human species. In fact, it's a pretty important survival trait of almost any species to a certain extent. But there has to be some level of selfishness in every person to truly be happy. 
And once you're happy, that it's much easier to be charitable, to give respect, trust, and love and friendship to people, and to help make others happy and successful. Always easier to do from a position of feeling happy and content with your life. But to get there, you have to start out with living your life for yourself, which is selfish, but that's the place it begins with before you can get to being selfless. So I threw a lot out there in the first 25 minutes here of the Bose Nose Show. My gift to the folks out there that are listening and putting up with the non-guest host today on the Bose Nose Show Do you have any questions or additions to my list or thoughts on that? Give me a call, 646-721-9887. Just press 1, and that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the show. Or you can call if you want to change the subject. We can talk about camping and courthouses or anything else going on, the government shutdown, you know, anything at all, just 646-721-9887 and just press one. And that lets me know you want to get in on the conversation and Robin know. So we'll get you up on the board and get you, get you on air. So went through my selfishness is a virtue. Again, I'll uh, make that available to anyone that wants it. I actually um, keep it stuck up on my, the door of my office in the county office building. And it's something I have to read over myself now and then just to remind myself of some of those 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 basic philosophies in life. And, and I know probably some people are really scratching their heads and thinking, you know, what, how can selfishness be a good thing? But I think if you read those through and really think about them, maybe go back and listen to the first 25 minutes of this show where I kind of explain them you'll understand that you really need to be selfish first before you can turn around and, and be selfless. So I hope I might've helped somebody out there in the, in the blogosphere as, as we're, you know, doing our podcast slash, you know, radio blog here on KRBN internet news talk radio. We can switch gears a little bit and, uh, you know, talk a bit about some of the, the interesting things going on in the world, you know, and some of the interesting things going on here in uh, Lane County. I uh, want to divert a little bit maybe and talk about um, the jail release stuff because that kind of flared up on one of my favorite Facebook pages and, and is one of the guilty pleasures according to uh, the Eugene Weekly, which is Lane County Mugshots Uncensored. Shout out there to uh, Michael Weber and uh, a few of his buddies there that, that keep that page up. And it, it's uh, they they put something up uh, this last weekend where they they tried to track not just the bookings into the jail, but when people actually got out by ba- based on the fact that they stopped showing up in the jail log and and how long it took for them to be released. And that led to a lot of conversations like, oh, my God, 
how could somebody that's charged with that get out in, you know, less than 24 hours? And as I started to explain at the top of the show, there are multiple reasons why somebody can actually um, get out of, uh, of the, uh, the jail. And, and I, I put a post up there uh, following this this weekend, um, just trying to explain some of those. And I, pro- and I even missed a couple that, that folks pointed out to me afterwards. But uh, folks aren't necessarily released just because we don't have space in the jail or they're done with, with the criminal justice system. Quite often, they're released um, pre-trial, where they still got to come back and go through trial, because you know we don't hold people right up to trial uh, unless they're a danger to society in some ways, because there are constitutional issues about holding somebody before they're actually convicted of a crime, because they've only been arrested at this point, not convicted. Uh, some of the other things that happen, uh, you know, folks sometimes get because uh, the DA chooses not to press charges at that time. And it might be because they need to do additional investigation because there's not a good enough uh, case at that point. They may be turning it over to a grand jury to look at, at, at the issue or, you know, what happened a few years ago when we had a little bit less uh, staff was they weren't charging people because they just didn't have enough um DA staff to actually take them into court and, and run them through the process. Um, there are other reasons uh, people get released. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see people go into jail on a parole or probation uh, sanction where they go in, um, you know, might even be for a weekend because uh, they did something to violate their parole and the, the sanction was to, you know, you're, you're going to spend the weekend in jail. And when they come out, they may also still have to do um, some time with our road crews or some other sanctions. Um, but that may, it's probably not the end. And when they come out, they're probably still on parole or probation. Um, so you, there are all sorts of reasons for why you come out of the jail. Uh, and whether you come out with an ankle bracelet on or you come out um, and you're still on parole and have to report to your parole officer on a regular basis and, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, ways you can get released. Sometimes we have people coming in and out of the jail because uh, they're coming from prison back to testify in a court case, and then they're released back to prison. Um, so even that can kind of look kind of screwy in the system as somebody uh, being released out of the jail. But there's definitely um, some confusion out there because it's kind of one of those things where um, – the uh, it looks bad, but and it used to be bad back in before we passed the jail levy in 2013 and started to rehire um, deputies to open up more jail beds and were successful in reopening those beds. We were releasing a lot of people as capacity-based releases, and that's the, one of the ways people get released. And then when they get released that way. Um, it's usually without conditions or anything. It's just because we have too many people there. We have a court ordered limitation on how many people can be in the jail, which is a 93% of our, of our maximum capacity because there was a court case about overcrowding that holds us at that. And, you know, once a day we have to get down below that. 
So if we booked enough people in in the last 24 hours that were exceeding that, um, when we hit that time clock, we have to let go of whoever is the least risk according to a risk assessment we've done um, with the, the inmates, whoever's the least risk to society. Back in 2012, some of the folks we were releasing were pretty risky folks. You know, and you know, the famous story of the guy we released who robbed a bank within 45 minutes um, was out there as well as some other issues that happened. Um, but we're, we've reduced those capacity-based releases almost completely. And, and that's really not the way uh, we end up releasing people. So hopefully um, folks that are looking at the release dates and times of inmates will temper their reactions with understanding that that person may not be done with the system. They may have come in on a DUI and got released within an hour or two and and uh, people are real concerned about that, but it's probably because, you know, somebody came in and picked that person up, their car is probably still an impound, and they're not done with the system. They still got to go through a trial on DUII, and uh, depending on how many, how many occurrences and how severe the issue was, they could even end up in, in prison ultimately and be spending prison time. They're not done with the system just like everyone else they see being released. And whether it's somebody that's violated a restraining order or somebody you know, that was accused of assault, um, a lot of times that release is a pretrial release and uh, they're not done. They still gotta go to trial if they're found guilty. They, they may have additional time uh, they need to serve. Uh, they may be placed into parole, uh, probation, all, all sorts of um, you know, issues that happen uh, and, you know, those folks, you know, could be involved in the criminal justice system for years just because they got out after an hour of having a DUI doesn't mean they're done. <laughs> so hopefully folks that are looking up on Lane County mugshots uncensored will understand release date does not mean done <laughs> and, and how long somebody stays in the jail does not reflect the fact that that was what their sentence was and that they're, they're, they're done with the criminal justice system. So just wanted to get that out there. Again, you want to get it on the show here on, on the Bose Nose Show, just need to dial 646-721-9887. Just press one that lets us know you want to get in on the show. Again, we can talk about selfishness as a virtue. We can talk about releasing inmates and, and how we release inmates, or we can talk about whatever else is on your mind at 646-721-9887 and just press one. And that lets us know you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show. As we're ticking past uh, the half hour point here and, and, and getting down the other side of the hour, um, kind of wonder what folks are thinking about the government shutdown a bit. It was kind of interesting to watch what happened leading up to that. And it was just everything leading up to um, everything said, you know, they're not the votes in Congress. Um, Trump's never going to get his money. And he might as well just 
give up and and concede and accept the continuing resolution that the Senate put forward. And all of a sudden, at once, there seemed to be this, you know, at, at, you know, at that time, there had been days of that drumbeat, you know, and, and suddenly uh, President Trump has a meeting with some of the Republican leaders of the House before they get together. And the House puts the uh, money for the wall back in the bill, along with some uh, aid for disaster relief and uh, sends it back to the Senate. And of course, the Senate couldn't act um, in time. And now we have the the shutdown, which, of course, is not a complete shutdown. As um, you know, they always have this thing where it's only the, quote, non-essential government programs and employees that shut down. And my question's always been is, why do we have non-essential government employees? But I guess there are some, you know, they're not essential at least for a while. There shouldn't be any government employee that we couldn't get along with without um, for some period of time. You know, uh, I, I mean, let me see if I phrase it. There should not be a government employee that if we had to shut down for a long period of time would not be a problem. If if we can shut down and 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 your your job is so unimportant that we wouldn't notice after six months or a year, we should be thinking about why we have that part of the government running. <laughs> so, but yeah, the important things are happening. Social security checks are going out. The mail's still being delivered. You know, uh, you know all the Medicaid reimbursements are going to doctors. And the military is being paid, I understand. So uh, that's, you know, big, big piece of government still going on, even though we, we technically uh, have no checkbook balance in our checking account to write those checks. We still are. Fascinating thing watching kind of that gyration. But it was interesting watching the news leading up to that. It was all just this drumbeat of Trump's not going to get what he wants. You might as well, you know, just give up on it. Um, it. This is going to be the Trump shutdown because, you know, Congress just won't give it to them. And they expected both the House and the Senate to approve that, that two-month continuing resolution till February and um, just leave it on the president's desk for Christmas. And it was going to be his choice whether to shut the government down or not. Well, it kind of turns out that um, the House and the Senate can't agree, so nothing's actually even gotten to the, the president's desk to sign. Um, two different bills have been passed, and they need to be reconciled. That's kind of the way Congress works. You know, the Senate passed something, the House passed it, but changed it. So now the Senate either has to adopt those changes or they have to come to a conference committee change between the two and co-adopt it. Uh, either way, nothing's been passed on to the president. To sign. So as folks start talking about this is the Trump shutdown, eh, not quite. This is Congress. And, and uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this plays out over time. Obviously, it looks like it's going to be after the first of the year before they can get enough um, senators back in D.C. to actually hold a vote. And it's going to be pretty interesting because some of the lame duck senators that either didn't run for re-election or lost have already given up living arrangements in D.C. Um, and moved home. So 
going to be fun to kind of watch Capitol Hill for uh, the next week or so and see what happens and see what the news is. Uh, yeah, everybody was saying that um, the, the Christmas Eve sell-off was all due to the shutdown. And lo and behold, we had a uh, Boxing Day rally on Wall Street today. Uh, so I don't think you can quite blame the shutdown for the Christmas Eve stuff. Um, there's other other things going on in the world economy that, that is enough to spook Wall Street at this time. In fact, it just seems like um, everything that some of the mainstream media is putting out there is intended to try and spook um, investors and consumers that, that, you know, we keep hearing it. You know, anytime the next two years, there's going to be a recession and uh big headline news story on the in the register guard this morning above the fold is how um, everybody's projecting a slowdown and the world economy is slowing down. Um, it's you know, kind of gets to be somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Keep talking about a, a slowdown either coming or already in place. People will start um, behaving in ways that they believe that which will create the slowdown. So it's sort of a, a weird uh, thing so, be interesting to see you know how the economy goes over the next year, you know what happens in Congress, how this all plays out. Will it go past when they swear in the new Democrat majority in the House? What happens to a bill that was passed by the last Congress, and and does it go away um, in the Senate? You know, can the Senate still pass it after that date and accept the House changes? Going to be some interesting times. <laughs> Yeah, may you live in interesting times. But uh, that's kind of, you know, something that was on my mind over the the Christmas weekend was, you know, just this whole uh, shutdown. It does impact Lane County eventually. There are some things that we deal with um, that are programs that aren't funded necessarily critical funding streams or non-essential streams. Um, We have plenty of grants for programs here in Lane County that, um, you know, we operate under and and um, have to submit, you know, our, our uh, billing for the, you know, for the grant amount to, you know, get reimbursement and all that stuff. And some of that reimbursement grants may slow down. And um, that's a pretty significant revenue stream. There's a lot, a lot of, um, funding of government's gone to this sort of grant style funding. Um, the state does it also where we have to apply for a grant for certain programs. One of the big ones is uh, our SAMHSA grant, which is a uh, uh, substance abuse, uh, mental health, something or other. I can't remember the, the whole thing, but um, some of our, our programs under, you know, for mental health and for substance abuse, um, are under that that program and are grant funded. And so, you know, after a while, that may impact our ability to provide that service if we can't continue to attain the revenue from those grants. Uh, You know, all, you know, there are other grants all throughout, including um, there's some grant programs even that go through the public safety system that come into our sheriff's department from the federal government so, you know, one of the ways we've been able to kind of rebuild some of, of Lane County's 
services has been very aggressive about trying to make sure we're you know in line and getting our share of these federal and state grants so as the federal government shuts down if it shuts down for a long time those folks that process the grant um, reimbursements and all that could end up having an impact down at lane county level so it'll be interesting to see um, if it goes long enough to have that kind of impact but um i i doubt it will my you know my instincts say sometime shortly after the first of the year there will be a resolution to this um one way or the other kind of interesting though the gofundme page that got started to fund the the, the wall is up past 17 million dollars now the crowdsource funding for the wall is starting to, to come in and, and apparently it's the second biggest gofundme campaign ever so interesting well if you have something you want to talk about here on the bose nose show whether it's government shutdowns releases from jail or selfishness being a virtue or anything else you can give us a call at 646-721-9887 just press one and it lets us know you want to get in on the conversation again that's 646-721-9887 and just press one and you know robin I did not put together a what were they thinking this week. Um, I, I, and I saw something in the news, and now I can't remember what it was that I was going to put aside for what were they thinking. Okay. Sorry, you, you cut out there, Robin. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. I, I thought a lot over the weekend, obviously. Um but I, I did see something on the news where I was thinking about, you know, the subjects of the news story. What were they thinking? Um, there's been a few good ones, and, uh, and they're just not coming to mind right now. Uh, yeah. yeah the, some of the typical holiday um, stuff, I think that, uh, oh, I, you know, it's kind of sad because somebody got injured in this. But there's a news story about people that tried to light a grill using gasoline. Uh, kind of a not a smart thing to do. You know, people 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 uh, forget. Um, hey. Yeah, I'm still here. I had a computer crash. I'm, but we're still alive, I think. No, maybe not. Computer crashed, rebooting.
Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key. Well, as soon as you give me the opportunity to do it. There we go. Maybe. I'm sorry, but I did not hear you press at least four digits of your pin number. Oh, come on. Hello. And I'm back. And my apologies, but my producer's computer crashed on her and cut us off from the show. So, hopefully, uh, that wasn't too much of an interruption for folks. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm hearing a little bit of background noise there. Robin, is that you on your monitoring phone? Yeah, I didn't know you dialed back in on the other one. Yeah, yeah, I, I managed to, to to recover here a little bit and dial it back in correctly. The first time I tried, I couldn't get my host pin entered fast enough. So my apologies for those folks listening. Technical difficulties there. Um, it, it, Welcome in, to uh, live radio. Yeah, welcome to live radio. It happens to all of us. La- you know, the couple weeks ago when I hosted by myself, apparently I cut myself <laughs> off playing the uh, the music at the end of the show, so people didn't hear me signing out. <laughs> all they got was music. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it happens. It is. This is uh, amateur radio. <laughs> Do it yourself what? radio. What? And uh, what? 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 Well, not quite amateur. Robin's good at this. I'm the amateur. I'm not a trained professional. Nor do you play one on TV. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, you can still call into the show now that we're back live here. Uh, Just give us a call, 646-721-9887, if you want to talk about anything from, uh, I think that's kind of about where I left off, uh, was letting people know they could call in. And I think we we're also talking about what were they thinking, and I think I was just starting to tell that story about the uh, uh, folks that used gasoline to start a charcoal grill um, with some very unfortunate um, side effects. But I, I saw a couple other pieces in the news, and just you know some of these stupid burglar-type stories, and I just can't remember them because of what we were thinking this week. <laughs> So if somebody else out there in Radio Land has a what were they thinking story to tell, 646-721-9887, just press 1. And that, you know, lets you know, lets us know you want to get in on the conversation. Again, 646-721-9887, just press 1. You know, I, I sort of do have a what were they thinking, and this mostly comes from a friend of mine who has a, a disabled son who's in a motorized wheelchair. So, obviously, has to be moved around in a van for the lift. And you, those, her van has you know, a side door with a lift on the side. So, there are specific van 
spaces for handicapped folks where they've got that nice big striped off area beside them that's a little bit bigger than the normal spaces between handicapped spots. Well, it's big enough for some idiots to park their damn cars in. And sure enough, it seems to happen to her at least twice a year where some bozo pulls up, parks next to her van while she's in the store or wherever she is with her son. She comes back out and she can't load her son back into the van because some idiot has parked in that striped area and run off into the store or office building or wherever she's parked. You know, so she ends up having to back her van out for the space, stopping, you know, the traffic in the parking lot or whatever and leave it out in the aisle and wheel her son out into traffic basically to load, you know, lower the ramp and load there out in, in the uh, drive aisle. Um, you know, it's it just, it's just one of those things. It's, you know, what are people thinking? You know, parking in that striped off area next to a, a vehicle that is, that has handicap tags and all that stuff. There's a reason why they have that extra wide spaces and all that stuff. It's really hard to get in and out of a car. Even just a regular car, to, you know, somebody that can get into a wheelchair has to have the door fully open to pull that, that wheelchair up next to the door to transfer from the car seat into the wheelchair. So all you folks that just are too busy or, or just don't want to walk the distance out from a few spaces out, think about what you're doing to that person in that handicapped space. You know, it's not just somebody that's managed to cheat and get it placard somehow or another um, in an able body. Particularly those van spots are so critical to those folks that have those side lists. You know, and, and just, you know, I, I feel sorry for the, the folks that have to deal with that. And, you know, just what are you thinking when you're using a handicap spot like that or the aisle, striped off aisle next to a handicap spot to park in? Well, you know, yeah, Jay, those are the same people that those are the same people that think deer crossings is designed uh, signs are designed for places for deer to, to know where to cross. Yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah, that's it, uh, it, it. It's pretty uh, funny. I, I yeah, there's that famous clip where somebody calls in and says, "Why do you put the deer crossing with people?" You know. In such a busy highway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know now they're building highways with great big um, conduits underneath them so that the deer can go under the highways. That's what they did yeah. with Highway 20 in one section. They got a huge, uh, 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 large animal crossing underneath the highway in one section. And that new piece of Highway 20 going to the coast from Corvallis. You don't really see it because you're up on the on the elevated part of the roadway, the embankment. But there's a huge arch culvert that allows wildlife passage underneath the roadway, so they don't have oh, that, to leap through that, traffic. That one that has all those tents in it now. Oh yeah. <laughs> now I think this one's pretty far out of town. I don't think it has too many okay. tents in it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm close to town. 
I have, I have a serious, in the last three minutes of, of the show, i got a serious challenge for people in Lane County. Okay. Okay. Um, with the new year coming up next weekend, it'll be New Year's before. We actually, we won't be, we won't be back till next year, folks. Um, let's do everybody a favor and let's not kill anybody in Lane County this year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a a, a, a good thing to to try not to do, whether it's behind the wheel or or in any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go celebrate the new year and and go home safely so we can all go back to work the next day. Yep, definitely. And I saw an article in the paper that Uber and Lyft are going to be discounting their services on New Year's Eve, which is awesome. Bravo to them. Yeah. So there's no excuse now that we have Uber and Lyft in Eugene that you should be driving after you've been drinking on New Year's Eve. So. Be safe, everybody out there, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next year. Yeah, I, I have one other quick thing. Yes. There's been some back and forth on the editorial pages of the Register Guard about civility in 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 in, in political discussions and all that stuff. Going back to the selfishness issue, is you're only responsible for your own civility. So everybody, be selfish and and think about whether you're being civil in your interactions. You can't control what other people do. You can only control your own tone and and your own level of conversation. So if we all take responsibility to be civil ourselves, that will change the tone. And you you want to know what I can control? Yeah. This is what I can control. Whether it works. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just... Okay, great. It didn't work. <laughs> okay. Oh. There. That's what I can control. Oh. <laughs> okay. We are we are back on the outro. We'll be back next year with the Bose Nose Show. No substitute hosts. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Sorry for the technical difficulties.